You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Hey, our new series for this month is called Lifting the Standard. And it's based on the scripture in Isaiah 59, 19, which says, when the enemy comes in like the flood, the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So, um, you know, it's been crazy the last, I mean, this last year. Can you guys believe we've been doing this whole, like, coronavirus thing for, like, a year? Has it been a year now? Yeah, I think it's almost a year. I'm so pumped because, check this out. We were, like, we went to Kauai last year. We got back on March 6th. We were talking about, like, not doing that until, like, June or something like that. Man, could you imagine? Like, couldn't even go. Now you got to, like, quarantine for 14 days or some of you go over there. It was, like, a family lifetime vacation. It was amazing. So that was, like, that was, like literally a year ago we got back. But I tell you, um, the enemy is doing a pretty good job of showing his hand kind of in all aspects of life right now. You know, um, political scene, you know, uh, just, just crazy stuff. You know, people can't even look at each other anymore. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Literally a year ago, you know, think about it. When you go into a store, people are wearing a mask. Look, I'm not mad if you wear a mask. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, but what it does is it just does something different. Even for me, like I go in and I'm like, you know, just kind of like, Head down like a little bit. Am I the only one that does that? Or you guys feel that? Yeah, I get it. Okay. So it's just, it's just a weird thing. Um, but here's the deal. You know, when the Lord lifts a standard, it's his people that he uses. And we are his people. So I'm pretty pumped to be kind of get to kick off that message series. So it's pretty good. So the title of my message is called A Call to Arms. Okay. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, I guess. So I was in the military for almost 22 years. I was in the Coast Guard. It was great. It was awesome. Actually, one of my good buddies, Rick Young, raise your hand right here. We've, we've known each other since 2004. We served together for like 10 of the 14 years that we were in together or something like that. Um, so we were kind of from a, a different part of the Coast Guard, like a smaller part. Usually the Coast Guard's known as like a life-saving service. You hand someone a life ring. You're telling people not to, making sure people got life jackets and stuff like that. But we were kind of like this, this weird part that was kind of the high-end law enforcement area of the Coast Guard. So we were kind of like the warriors in the Coast Guard. And Coast Guard's not really huge on that kind of stuff, but like, so we kind of had this like different mindset, right? It was more like, kind of special operations, kind of whatever type stuff. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was fun. It was great to be a part of. I did it for the majority of my career. But one thing we learned was like about like planning and, and being ready and being prepared for like the inevitable. One thing we're really good at is contingency planning. So it's like you have a primary plan, a secondary plan, a tertiary plan, and then whatever else comes after that. You know, you had all kinds of stuff. If this, then this. If this, then that. If this, then that. You know, based on worst case scenario type stuff. So um, it brings me to my first point that I have, and it's to recognize that you're in a war. Like, we prepared for missions that were, like, crazy. Luckily, I never had to shoot anybody, never had to do anything like that, so I'm actually thankful for that. But we had to prepare. That, that, uh, what's that? Oh, yeah, true. That's right, yeah. Um, but we prepared for crazy stuff, and we get called, and, you know, you're, like, ready to go. You're amped up to go. And I remember the first time, I would say it was really, like, kind of like a spiritual warfare uh, call, out, call out for me. This wasn't in the military. This was here at this church. And um, I remember one of my guys who's, who was stationed with me, his son just out of nowhere, like, was paralyzed from the waist down. Like, he's, in, he's over at Balboa at the, at the Naval Medical Center. 
And he, he calls. I was, a, I was a command master chief of the unit, so he kind of like looked over everyone at the unit, kind of for, for lack of a better term. And so I was like, something rose up in me. It was just like righteous indignation. I was like, I was just angry, you know? And I was like, I was like no, man, that ain't, that ain't going to stand. That's not cool. I said, dude, is it cool if I come over and pray for your son? And I'm going to tell you, at the time, I wasn't like super bold, like known for that, right? But I'll tell you, thank God for a church like this that can stir something like that up in you to be bold, you know, not to worry about, because what the enemy tells you in moments like that is, what if he doesn't get healed? What if he doesn't? Well, guess what? It's not your deal. You're not the one who's going to heal him anyways. It's Jesus. You're just a conduit, right? You know? So I remember I called up Pastor John Heinrichs, and I was like, hey, man, I'm going over to pray for I've never done this before. I'm going over to pray for this kid. You want to come with me? He's like, sure. And I was like, okay, cool. So we got into the medical center. As soon as we stepped foot into the hospital, it was like, I just felt something. You know, I felt this resistance. And we're like praying in the spirit, like under our breath, walking up in there. And I, I've never felt more, I guess, ready for battle, ready for war than in that moment. So I guess what I want to say is anything that I ever faced or potentially would have faced in the physical was it paled into in comparison to what I was facing in the spiritual because what I was doing is at that moment, I didn't realize it, but I was stepping from like back here to here to going like, I'm in, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to be one of your guys. you one of your guys or gals. I'm not going to be a gal, but you know, he has guys and gals, right? I mean, just because stuff's pretty confusing, right? They're trying to confuse us right now. You know, I'm like, that doesn't make any friggin' sense, but that's cool. So recognize that you're in a war. That's, that's the first point. So I didn't really realize, like I knew it, you know, you kind of had like head knowledge, but I never actually felt it or embraced it. You know, so walking in there, it was like, man, this is like legit battle. Well, good news is we prayed for the kid and like a day later he was fine. Like he was okay. It was just like, I don't know what happened. You know, it was kind of cool. So it was, and you know, it's funny because my buddy was, he was like, man, you know, when you really need something, you'll take any option you can get. You know, he's like, I don't know if that's what actually did it, but hey, cool. He got better after you prayed for him. Like, well, I'm going to take credit for it. God will take credit for it. We're good. So we would call it, so we recognize that we're in a war. And before you go to battle, before you go to war, you want to have situational awareness, know where you are, know what your environment is, know who your enemy is, know as much as you can know about all that stuff. So what I'm trying to, what I, w- I want to get across to you is get situational awareness of what it is that we're actually in. And you're in it whether you want to be in it or not. You just choose how you want to participate in it. So um, the enemy is great at lying. It's actually like the name of the devil is he's the liar, right? So everything he says is lies. The crazy thing is he's been doing it for so long that he can convince you that he'll, and it'll be like an element of truth to the lies he tells you, like, oh, you're weak, you shouldn't do this, oh, you can't do this, oh, you're unworthy, all this garbage and crap that he's heaped on you your whole life, you know, about limiting you, right? Well, I'm gonna tell you right now that God doesn't look to put limits or ceilings on any of us, period, not at all. The enemy does. You might put ceilings on yourself, but God's not looking to do that. And I want to tell you, like, if you can't tell I love our church, I'm super pumped on our church because we don't put ceilings on you either. Now, there may be boundaries at times based on where we're at in life, but boundaries 
they stretch and move depending on where we're at in life. And usually it's because somebody sees something different that you don't see and knows that if you go to that, this next level, what you think you are, it'll actually crush you at that moment because you haven't built the foundation for it. But we see the enemy at work. So that's how we, we gain situational awareness. We see things. We've seen it. We've seen it at the highest level of office in our country. We've seen the attack, the onslaught from all types of stuff where these like different thinking that totally comes from the enemy, you know, is kind of being forced and rammed down our throats to be, well, that just becomes normal, you know? And, and it's pretty crazy. He's very crafty and very good at it. But we have to gain the awareness to know what's going on. And like I said, it doesn't matter whether you want to participate in this or not. You're actually in it. There's no such thing as a bystander in the war between good and evil, in the war between God's people and the enemy, okay? Because the enemy, he's, he don't care. He's been doing it forever. He's looking to do it. So uh, first, first, first scripture I have is from John eight thirty two, And it says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Truth is, in my, so I'm 45 years old. I've never seen truth under more attack than it is right now in all aspects. And look, I'm not trying to make this like a political thing, but it's a world thing right now. I mean, for Pete's sake, we have, what's it, the assistant, I don't know if he's been, assistant health secretary, um, who's like a transgender, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just still piecing all this together myself, because I can't believe it, you know, it's like God loves everybody, so I'm not, I'm not, I say, I, I have love for this person, right, I, I believe that this person can be transformed and be changed, but the fact that we would give someone who's so confused, obviously, like, platform to speak into people, just tell, like, it, it so the reason that's happening is to ram lies down your throat so you see I got platform I got influence so that means that I must be correct that means that this must be right so it's crazy right truth has never been under more attack than than it is right now and here's the mission of the enemy his mission his mission is to steal kill destroy everything attached to your life Everything attached to anything that God has value in. And let me tell you, God has value in every single one of us. He created us. He wants that none should perish. But that's the enemy's threefold mission. Steal, kill, destroy. So how does he do that? Limiting mindsets, trauma, all kinds of things that come into our lives. All of us have either experienced trauma, caused trauma, whatever, agreed with things that the enemies told us. So I want to tell you, if you have limiting mindsets right now, that didn't come from God. It came from the enemy, period. Now, how we deal with that, there's multiple ways of how we deal with that, but it's the recognition of God's promises, God's truth in our life, first of all, and then lining it up to what the enemy does. Real quick, just a real quick um, um, cheat, what a uh, life hack. Yeah, that's what they call them now, life hack. Sorry, let me get a quick sip of water. I always like the water pause. You're like, oh, it's kind of awkward. I should have break dance or something. I don't know. Yeah. I used to be able to do the worm. I'd probably break my arms now doing it. Um, so here's the life hack, right? So when you get a thought that comes in, right? So um, if it's steal, kill, destroy, if it brings unworthiness, if it, gets, if it brings pain, if it brings hatred, if it brings unrighteous anger, if it brings death, if it brings sorrow, if it brings misery, if it makes you feel less than, I'm just going to, here, here's, here's a little... It's the devil. It's the devil. 
It's the devil. If it brings faith, if it brings hope, if it brings love, it's the Lord. He's not looking to take hope from you, to take faith from you, or to hold love back from you. Now, your life might tell you something different. And I'm not here to minimize anything that you've gone through in your life because we've all gone through traumatic things. And here's the thing I've learned about trauma is it really doesn't matter how bad it was comparatively speaking to other people, right? It matters how it affects you. So don't, don't ever let the enemy tell you a lie like something of, well, that shouldn't even affect you. Like you had a parents who loved you and like you, your parents were married and blah, blah, blah. You know, when you compare yourself to someone else... Let me tell you something, comparison never works. Don't do it. Just stop it. Okay, that's another life hack. Don't compare to any, anything. Cool. So we talked about, we got that, right? So we got a good little life hack right there. If it's, if it's steal, kill, destroy, jack you up in any way, make you feel unworthy, make you feel hated, make you feel ostracized, make you feel isolated, that's not from God. That's not how God works. It brings faith. It brings hope. It brings love. It's from the Lord. Go with it. Cool. Okay. So we talked about recognizing where we're at. So the second point is make your choice. So you can choose how you want to participate in this war. And a battle usually is like, usually there's like multiple battles in a war. This is a war that's been going on ever since Satan rolled from heaven, okay, since he rebelled. So you're in a war. So once we become aware, we need to make our choice. So uh, the next scripture I have is in Joshua 24, 14 through 15. I'm just going to summarize it at the very end. Basically, he's saying, you guys can continue to serve the Amorite gods, all these other things, or, or you, can, you, can, uh, you can choose to serve the Lord. But, and he's saying, he's standing up and he's going, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what's cool about that? I was like, man, that's such a good scripture. Where have I seen that before? And I remember growing up as a little kid, that scripture was in my aunt and uncle's house. I'm talking like this big. I remember seeing, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I remember just kind of thinking, I don't know what does that mean really, you know, but, but make your decision. Remember I said, there's no bystanders. There's no neutral ground here. There isn't. Okay. Now it looks different. Our involvement, everyone's involvement looks different because guess what? We're kingdom people. Okay, you could choose to be a kingdom person or not. You could choose to be kingdom versus the world, right? You'd be a worldly person or a kingdom person. A kingdom person has different different thoughts. They they see things differently. Um, a worldly person is really kind of just for I'd say for the most part chasing happiness, right? So happiness is an environmental. It's a response to your environmental condition. You know, joy is something that the Bible promises. If we choose the kingdom route, if we follow the Lord, and oftentimes we can be happy, but there are times I'm not happy, just to be honest with you. Sometimes things frustrate me. Happiness is fleeting. It comes and it goes. I don't follow and chase happiness. I stay with the conviction of joy, follow joy, right? So joy brings hope. It brings peace. It brings like, there's, it's, like a, it's like a foundation piece, right? So I want to talk really quick as we, when we choose... Um, the difference between your choices and your feelings. Because we're all about feelings. You know, the world nowadays all talk, well, I don't really feel like this. I don't feel like that. I don't, 
I, I don't feel like I want to associate with being a dude, so I want to go in a girl's bathroom and hang out. I don't feel this, like, satisfying our feelings. Hey, you know, a lot of times, especially in kingdom stuff, like, as I've walked this discipleship maturity journey out since, let's see, really 2007, 2008 was kind of when we just, like, said, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm in. And it was just kind of like slow, you know, okay, now I'm coming to church every Sunday. Now I'm tithing. Now I'm serving. Now I'm, the, you know, and just kind of just this gradual uh, growth thing, watching God transform my life into something I couldn't even imagine that it could be, truthfully. But when I make a choice, especially when it's a choice to pull away from what the world wants me to think, to follow kingdom values, kingdom thinking, usually you don't feel like doing it. Let me give you an example. Forgiveness. So the Bible says, if you don't forgive someone who sinned against you, then your heavenly father doesn't forgive you. Now, let me tell you, oftentimes we wait to forgive, if ever forgive, because I don't feel like it, because what happened to me was so bad. Like, they don't, they're not worthy of my forgiveness. And what I tell lots of people, because I do a lot of, like, kind of, you know, ministry, coaching, counseling, whatever, whatever you want to call it. What I tell them is I say the forgiveness is more for you than it is for the other person. The forgiveness actually has nothing to do with what the other person did. Um, it does if, you, if you're looking at it from a worldly perspective. Because now, now it's all about like, well, you do this, I do this. You do that, I do this. You know, it's, 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 it's action and response. Action and response. Excuse me. Action and response. But the forgiveness is a choice, right? So if you think about that, I'm sure we can all think about that. All of us can associate that with that at some point or another. We've had bitterness, resentment, anger, rage, frustration, unforgiveness towards somebody. And we might still be even dealing with it a little bit right now. But if you think about what I want you to hear right now is allow your choice to line up with how God would want you to live and act in spite of your feelings, because if I did what my feelings told me to, to do, I for sure wouldn't be preaching right now. I might be in jail if I got caught. Because there's definitely people that have wanted to, like, hurt really bad in my life. You know, like, for sure. You know, so if I did what my feelings told me to do, if I get caught, man, I'm, I'm not even, I don't even know any of you. I don't even get to hang with Pastor Michael and Lisa and Rick and all these cool people out here. So, so act in spite of your feelings choice, right? So the choice to come in in this battle and decide whether you're going to be on this side or on this side. Remember I said there's no neutral ground. The reality is is we we all either build up or tear down the kingdom of God. We are all his ambassadors. And I'm not saying that to shame anybody, okay? So if you feel shame right now, remember, shame is a thought that comes from the enemy. I'm not giving that to you, and God sure as heck isn't giving that to you. But maybe we're raising some awareness around it, because it's like we're seeing now that we can't just be comfortable. Like we can't just, like we're being, like people who who share our values for the most part can't just be comfortable anymore. Like you're kind of like on the attack, you know, like, man, if you had a Trump sign up, you had something like that, man, it's like people are going to key your car, they're going to do something like that. It's like they... You can't even have a discussion anymore with people on the opposite side that are, that are way off. You can't, it's like we can't even, there's no middle ground. It's like you used to be able to have a conversation and go, and we're cool. Okay, fist bump, we're out. I don't agree, but I love you. You know what I mean? Now it's like, no, man, you're, you're freaking terrible, and you shouldn't even be able to talk. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I wa- dude, I watched some of, that, some of that debate you had with those other folks. It was like, that was insane, dude. 
I'm like, is this, is this a movie? It was, it was crazy just hearing them speak and then you speak. I'm like, oh, man, there's light. But that's the thing. Light versus darkness is so obvious right now, you guys. It's so obvious right now. What, yeah. What better time is there to be light than now, right? And I'm telling you right now, none of you are here by accident. None of you are a mistake. None of you are the product of the poor decisions you've made or the poor decisions people have made over you or the terrible things people have done to you. I'm telling you right now that God has got so much for your life far beyond anything you could ever think or imagine, right? And I'm not just talking about like cars and houses and stuff. I'm talking about like full freedom on the inside. You know, God's called us to live a life that is open and transparent, you know, full circle, full spectrum. Oh, wow, I got some music. That's pretty cool. I like music. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Oh, was that an accident or was it on purpose? I don't know. I was like, am I supposed to sing? <laughs> Y'all don't want that. Y'all don't want that. You don't want that. There's a reason I'm not on the worship team. <laughs> you might never give me a mic again. That's great. That's great. But if you think about, if you think about our life, our life, you take like a, like a pie, right? It's got eight slices in it, right? So it's round. It's got eight slices in it. Say every slice represents something else, you know, um, you know, how you are at work, how you are uh, in person. You know, you ever heard, you ever heard the, the term public persona versus private persona, right? There's no such thing as that in the kingdom. I used to live that way. I was like, at work, I was one thing. But then when you didn't see me and I was on my own, a little different. Might not, have, might, might, might not have been up to things that I wanted you to see, you know, or whatever. And it doesn't even have to be anything sinister. It could just be something that's, that's, that's taken from God. But God's called us. He wants access to the whole pie. He wants access to the whole thing. And guys, there's such freedom in living that way. It's like, it's like I can't even like actually put into words how it is for me because I, I literally don't ever have to walk around wondering what I said to somebody else. You know, wondering like, oh man, you know, you know, if you ever dealt with like dishonesty or anything like that, like, man, that gets exhausting. You're like, wait, did I, what did I tell that person? Oh wait, they might, okay, what can I, what can I do to, to back, to, to, to cover that up? So he's called us, he wants access to our whole lives. And when we make the choice in spite of our feelings, you'll see that when everything's exposed, it's actually amazing. When who you are, when who you are actually can come out it's amazing. I'm telling you guys, like, look, again, we're not, we're not comparison, but I'm telling you the life that I'm living right now is something I didn't even have the capacity to want 10 years ago. Like if you said, Hey man, you're going to be a pastor. You're going to oversee the internship. You're going to see God move mightily through you. You know, you're going to have, I'd be like, whatever, man, get out of here. You don't know me. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying the aspiration has to be to be a pastor. Cause it wasn't my aspiration to be honest with you. It just, just just came. I started serving God, doing what God did, and I absolutely love what I do and the things that I get to do and the people I get to minister with and the way I get to see God move in me. It's like I said, I didn't even have the awareness to want that back in the day. It was so limited. It was like, oh, I'll retire. I'll be in the service for like 22 years, I did, you know, or however long I'll do it. I'll retire. I'll get a government job. Then I'll retire again, you know, pay off my kid's school debt and like maybe have a house and like go on vacations with my wife. Kind of the American dream, right? American dream, I'm going to tell you right now, is not a kingdom dream. Not at all. It's, it's absolutely not. It's like a shutdown. In the kingdom, there is no retirement. 
In the kingdom, God can use you at any stage in your life, whether you're in the marketplace, whether you're in your neighborhood, whether you're at church, whether you're preaching. You know, there's a great quote. I think, Abriel, will you help me out? What is the guy's name? It's St. Francis of Assisi. Yes, I got it. So he said, by all means, preach the gospel every day and when necessary, use words. I love that. I'm like, man, I, I just screw up the name. I don't screw up the quote. You know what I mean? Like the quote, like it's, it's an amazing way to live. Like that means that my actions preach. And truly, most of the people, at least in my life, that inspired me more, it was more their actions that inspired me than the words that they said. So it's like I can actually be an ambassador, a conduit, and a light bringer for the kingdom of heaven based on how I live more so than what I say. Cool. All right. I got two more points. We're going we're gonna to crush this. It's going to be great. All right. And once we've made our choice, and I want to encourage you, make the choice to go the kingdom route. It may not feel great, but make the choice. I promise you, you'll never go wrong. You'll never regret your decision. It'll change every aspect of your life. I am living proof of that. Right, Rick? I mean, you knew me. You knew me. Living proof. I mean, it wasn't like a bad guy. It wasn't like terrible or anything, but man, it's, it's crazy. So the third point is to get equipped. So now that I've made my choice, I, I want to get equipped and ready for battle, right? So the most important thing about getting equipped is building your foundation. Now, this is not a religious checklist. This is not like, okay, what you need to do now is you need to read your Bible for 15 minutes. I need you to pray in tongues for 10. And I need you to go walk around your neighborhood with a sign that tells people they're going to hell. It's nothing like that, okay? It's what's my foundation built on? If I don't have good, healthy relationships, well, let's find, let me see someone who does have good, healthy relationships and, and learn from them. Be cool with having awkward conversations. You know how many awkward things I've said? Hey, man, I remember a guy came over to me. He said, dude, I just found out I got like hepatitis. And this was like when I was first kind of stepping out and being a little bold. I got this thing and I was like, oh, okay, man. And I felt this small voice saying, pray, pray for him. And I was like, hey, man, would you mind if I prayed for you? He's like, oh, yeah, dude, cool, go for it. I was like, well, right now? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. And I just walked away, you know. I was like, oh, okay, dude, cool. It's like kind of shut down. You know, all that stuff, this kind of stuff happens all the time, you know. And then, then sometimes people are like, yeah, cool, go for it. A lot of times people will want prayer. And then sometimes 50% of the time I see a miracle happen. It's like, go for it. But the reality is, had you not even done that, nothing would even happen. So as we get it, the, the, one of the verses that really stuck to me when I was going through this process was Psalm 37, 4, and it says, delight in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And I was like, okay, what are, what are desires of my heart? Is that like physical possessions? What is that? It's so much further beyond that. The way I like to describe the desires of your heart is to, it's why you were wired. It's why you were made. It's, it's what God created you to do. It's, it's the space you'll operate in that doesn't even feel like it's work, that doesn't even feel like it's draining, that actually energizes and fills you. And what does it mean? How do I delight in the Lord? Spend time with him. Spend time with him, whatever that means. Read your Bible. I do recommend reading your Bible. That's a great place to start for sure. Pray, talk to him. He's your father. If you haven't really seen him that way, if you've kind of seen him more as the God with like the magnifying glass and you're an ant, like I promise you that's not who he is. It's not, that's not who he is at all, at all. And it was awkward for me at first, you guys. I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, yeah, you're my father. Okay, cool. And some, some of us had father representations that maybe they were non-existent. Maybe they weren't great. Maybe they are great, whatever. But seeing God as our father, but I tell you, you guys, that's, that's good. That was, that was applause, right? He heard that. He's like, yeah, God, my father. Cool. 
But as I started to confess it and really kind of internalize it in my heart, everything shifted. Everything shifted. Everything shifted. Um, as we delight in him, he gives you the desires of your heart. And you know, the cool thing is God's given you armor. He's given you armor, and it's actually in the book of Ephesians, and it's uh, uh, chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, and I'm just going to read this off for you. So finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. God's given us armor. The offensive weapon is his word. So if I, if I want to go on the offense, I need to have his word in me. Awesome. Now, we're going to go on the offense. We're going to go all in, which brings me to my last point. And it was cool because I just told, told Marco, I was like, man, the, the verse that you, you quoted was the same one I'm, I'm doing. And it's such a beautiful verse. It's, it's in Isaiah 6, 8. And just like Marco said, also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, Lord, send me. I'm telling you, the power behind your surrender and your obedience, you can't even comprehend. It, it's, it's unreal what God can do with someone who's willing to obey what he says and surrender completely to his will. Say, not my will, but your will be done and go. And God will, will, will take the person from obscurity and bring them out to, to receive praise. The beautiful thing about kingdom stuff the beautiful thing about being a kingdom person is it actually doesn't, it doesn't really matter what you do unless you're running from what God's called you to do. Because you might be in what you think is obscurity. There's nowhere you can hide from him. So he sees what's done in private, and he rewards openly. So if you're someone out helping people park, no one knows really, whatever, God looks on that, honors that, and smiles how your heart is. My heart's towards you, Lord. You know, and he then has those desires come out. Because a lot of times we see stuff in like church and we go, oh, I kind of want to be like that or I kind of want to do that. It's compared, it's based off where that other person is. Maybe you will do that, maybe you won't. But I don't want to waste any time trying to do something that somebody else is called to do. I want to do what God has called me to do. And I promise you for each and every one of us, we have a unique fingerprint. We have a unique makeup. You've been given gifts, talents, and abilities that nobody else has. And you're called to use it in a certain way. So I just want to empower you right now to use it the way God's called you to use it. Okay? Awesome. And remember, he's given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Luke 10, 19. It says that. You've given me authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and that nothing shall by any means harm me. Step out in faith. Remember... The enemy wants to give you a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear is going to keep you from doing anything. 
it'll keep you from doing anything. A spirit of faith is the antidote to a spirit of fear. So I step out in faith. There's so many times I've said stuff that I'm like, man, that seems crazy. But because I stepped out in faith, and God can do a lot even with a little bit of faith. <laughs> seen crazy miracles happen. Seen revivals break out in two rows of an airplane coming back from Miami. You know, seen crazy stuff. But because I was willing to have some faith to do it. You know, um, who knows? Maybe if we do this, we just might change our own lives. If we allow God to work on it, we might change our family's lives. We might change our community's lives. We might change our city's life. We might change our state's life, our country's life, and who knows, maybe even the world. Who knows? Right here. Could be someone that has worldwide, legit influence for the kingdom of heaven. So... You know, it's, you know, what's pretty cool is um, a couple thousand years ago, Jesus changed the world with some people just like you and me. Seriously. Because they were willing to go, okay, I, I don't know what it is, but there's something different. I'm going even in spite of what my circumstance and surrounding is. I mean, these weren't all like destitute, down and out people. These were six, you know, somewhat successful people, you know? They're like, they had something there that was, it wasn't like, I got nothing else to do. I guess I'll just go with you. No, it's like they had stuff going on. But he changed the world with people like us. I believe that 100%. So I want to say, I want to just give an opportunity right now. If you've never called Jesus your Lord and Savior, meaning you believe that he is the Son of God, that he lived here on the earth, was all God, all man, and that he was crucified for your and my sins. So we didn't actually have to, to suffer the wrath and the consequences of our sinful nature. And that he rose again three days later after he was put up there. And that he now uh, sits at the right hand of the Father. And he's, he, he did it for each and every one of us. So I want to say right now, if that's you, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna count to three on the, on the, on the, on the count of three. I want you to raise your hand, and then we're just gonna lead you in a prayer. And I tell you, how do I know? How do you know this is you? Well, number one, if you've never done it. Uh, number two, if you have done it, but you just feel like I'm a little distant, and I just want to come back. Number three, your heart's probably beating a little fast right now, and you're hoping nobody sees. But I tell you, everyone here loves you. Everyone in here wants. We all want the best for each other. So, one, you know, God loves you. He sent his very best for you. Number two, Jesus is real. There's no other way. Number three, if that's you right now, just raise your hand right now. That's anybody who wants to come back, wants to dedicate in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. That's great. Awesome. Well, I'm just going to lead in a prayer right now. Um, that's pretty awesome. Everyone here is saved. That's rad. Good job, Pastor Michael and Lisa. Lord, we praise you as our Lord and our Savior. We give you honor and glory. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you sent your very best for our very worst. So we honor you this day. Let our lives being, be a living um, testimony of your goodness here on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Okay, I got something else. I'm not done. All right. All right. So, hey, if this spoke to you, you know, the, 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 the Isaiah 6, 8, the here I am, Lord, send me. If you feel like, hey, I've kind of been 
you know, I know God's real. I believe, I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but I've kind of just been hanging back. First of all, I want to say there's no shame on you, okay? So don't feel that. There's no guilt. We're not looking to see, okay, who's, who is that? So we can jack them up. Absolutely not. We want to celebrate you. I want to provide you with an opportunity to say that prayer, to respond to the Lord right now, because I tell you, whether you hear it or not, or have heard it or not, he's calling you. He wants to partner with you. And let me tell you something, anything you do in partnership with God is so much better than anything you could ever do on your own or anything you could ever do with just one other person or a couple other people without God, all right? So if that's you, if that kind of spoke to you, it's like, man, I, I know that Jesus is real. I'm making the choice to go all in for you, to go on the offensive, to build my foundation, to get equipped. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Is that anybody? Cool. Got a couple hands. Awesome. Great job. Great job. If that's anybody else, awesome. Why don't we, um, why don't we go ahead and stand to our feet? And we're just going to pray. I'm just going just gonna to kind of minister over this. And um, yeah. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We love you, Lord. We praise you. And if you raise your hand, and actually just everyone just repeat this, but especially those of you who raise your hand. Lord God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you that I am your child and you are my father. In the name of Jesus Christ, I fully submit and I fully surrender every area of my life to your lordship. My body, my mind, my soul, my spirit, my heart, and my will. Lord, I freely surrender them to you. And I offer myself up for kingdom service. I go in to partnership with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Great job, you guys. That's great. That's great. I think I, got, I still got a couple minutes. This is great. So anybody else, if you recognize there's areas in your life where the enemy has a foothold or has a stronghold, this would be limiting factors, lies, beliefs, anything that's inside of your head and your spirit right now where you know the enemy has come in, we're just going to come against that stuff right now. We're going to break the lies. We're going to break the agreement. So what I want you to do, if you have a limiting mindset, I want you to envision in your, li- in, in your, in your mind right now that you signed a contract with the enemy. Once he told you a lie about yourself, you could never do that. You could never be accepted by them. You're unworthy. You should just end it all. Forget it. And when you go, yeah, I, I, that, that makes sense. Think about it like I signed a contract in the spirit realm which is legal and binding, which will influence your decision. So right now, we're going to come against that stuff. So if that's you, you know who you are. I'm just going to pray right now. Lord, I thank you right now for the power and the blood of Jesus Christ, for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And if that's you, if something's coming up, raise your hand. And I just want members of the congregation to lay their hands on them and pray over them as I pray. So if that's you, raise your hand. In the name of Jesus Christ, I break every lie 
that the enemy has told you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we break spirits of unworthiness. Devil, you're a liar. We cancel those contracts right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the blood of Jesus right now, which heals and cleanses us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you put no ceilings over any of us. Right now, I, I, I command, wake up. Wake up right now to your destiny and your calling in the name of Jesus. Those lies that the enemy has told you, those agreements that you've made, I cancel and I break in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And if there's anyone who you need to release forgiveness over, just do it right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, re-release forgiveness over anyone who's ever harmed us. In the name of Jesus, or anyone I've held bitterness, resentment, or unforgiveness towards, I release right now. Lord, I may not feel that way, but I choose to release it right now. And I choose to be on the other side of your forgiveness, Lord. I praise you. God, I thank you for every person here. We cover them with your blessing. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.